Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. This is a podcast where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. So, John, what is your random article this week? My random article this week is the International Center for Geohazards, or the ICG. It's a Norwegian multidisciplinary research and educational institute hosted at the Norwegian Geotechnical Institute, or NGI. They focus on the mitigation of geohazards, though trying to figure out what geohazards are specifically Hmm. is something this article does not really lend itself to. Anyway, what do you have over there, Eric? Well, I have... Lori Erica Ruff. Is that a person or a place or a thing? (laughs) It's a person. And it is the alias of an unidentified American woman and identity thief Hmm? who committed suicide on December 24th, 2010. Hold on, how do they know? Texas. Um, After she died, her ex-husband's family discovered a lockbox in a closet in her home. And in the box, a number of documents were discovered, which revealed that Ruff had stolen the identity of Becky Sue Turner, a two-year-old girl killed in a fire in 1971 in Fife, Washington, in 1988, and then changed her name to Lori Erica Kennedy. Despite massive investigations, her true identity has not been determined. What? (laughs) So it is not known when she was born or how old she actually was um but she is believed to be between age 41 and age 50 that's absolutely okay well i think that pretty much settles (laughs) it we're going to that one yes yeah this is turning into a new serial podcast (laughs) yeah that what in the what is that supposed to be she obviously had her issues like, why did she assume another identity, and why was the end result of that suicide? Well, I... Yeah, I mean... Okay, so... They at least traced her activity back to 1988, um, when she requested the birth certificate of Becky Sue Turner, who was a two-year-old girl who was killed in a house fire in 1971. And... The request was made in Bakersfield, California. So, can you just go around requesting birth certificates? I didn't think that was a thing that, like, you know, you could just casually go about doing. I thought I mean, that was, like, a pretty explicitly <laughs> black market. Maybe the 80s were a different time. Well, they were. But... <laughs> They're not there. Like, before the internet, it was probably way easier to fake your identity. Yeah. Like, so the, the internet makes it easier for some things, but for things like birth certificates, I feel like... Like, even the president can't prove who he is like, <laughs> through a birth certificate on the internet. Like, there's no yeah. there's no good way uh, uh, to go about it. So I'm just kind of, I, I, I'm at a lot, I'm guessing it was just the 80s yeah. that allowed them to do that. But man, this this woman really wanted to change her identity. Very because badly. she requested this in California, mm. then traveled to Idaho where she obtained a state ID card on June 16th using the girl's birth certificate. And then she obtained, after obtaining the driver's license, she went before a judge on July 5th, which is like less than a month after that, and legally changed her name to Lori An- Erica Kennedy. And then a week later, she obtained a social security number, and after that point, she completely erased whoever she was before. And then she got a Texas driver's license the next year. 
and then the next year qualified for a GED. Hmm. So she really, <laughs> I mean, she got that all the records. She found a way to get her high school diploma so that she could go to Dallas Community College. Which also discovered nothing <laughs> about her background. Yep. And then she graduated from the University of Texas at Arlington in 1997. This is like Mad Men. Yeah. Almost. A man who knew Ruff during this time has stated that she worked as a stripper in the early 1990s, and she also received breast implants during that time. So, so her, that's her pre-marriage <laughs> pre pre uh, uh, so doings. I guess, I guess this was to pay for her college education. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Which sounds like a pretty common story among strippers. Yeah, I mean, they're doing it for college. <laughs> it's not. It's seldom because you know the pays. Well, the pays probably okay, <laughs> yeah. but um, in any event, she went on to get married in 2003. So this uh, when, is uh, what eight six years after getting her business degree. Right, and about. 15 after she got her fake name um so um they met of course as most retired strippers do meet their husbands uh in a bible study class <laughs> uh Blake Ruff had admitted that he wasn't entirely sure what drew him to Lori um she was very secretive regarding her past according to him <laughs> telling him that yeah. she was from Arizona but that both her parents were dead and that she had no siblings she also said that her father was a failed stockbroker and despite the questions Blake's family had about Lori the couple made married in January 2004 so a pretty short pretty short relationship engagement <laughs> period there yeah. meeting in 2003 and then by the beginning the beginning of 2004 being married <laughs> That's pretty quick. Yeah. The only person in attendance at the wedding, too, was the preacher. <laughs> which well, is that red flags. <laughs> yeah. Does you that mean that they weren't there? <laughs> <laughs> he was the only one. They both didn't show up. <laughs> nope, nope. Just needed him to sign the paperwork, so carry on the ceremony without him. So after getting married, then they moved to Leonard, Texas. I wonder if she got married just to further change mm -hmm. her name, just to, you know, just one more, just yeah, one more movement, just one yeah. more. She's just gotta keep it sure. moving, you know. Kennedy seems like such a fake name. Like if I go for rough, <laughs> rough sounds genuine. Yeah, nobody would fake the rough. <laughs> but oh man, they tried to have a child several times and had multiple miscarriages, and then this led to investigators believing that she was older than she claimed to be and eventually she gave birth to a baby girl via in vitro fertilization hmm. in 2008 this isn't too long ago this is only like eight years ago yeah that's a little strange so she's not the youngest person when she gets uh into this marriage uh Ruff was incredibly overprotective of her daughter. This, this, of course, speaking to the end of Lori again. Uh, basically, she never let anybody hold her daughter, which angered her husband's family a lot. Uh, she would obsessively track her husband's family history to try to find out their family recipes, but still <laughs> refused to talk about her past. <laughs> wait, so is she wait. just trying to find out family recipes? Like I, some... I don't... Sleuth, just. <laughs> I don't see how that's sleuthy. Like, honestly, it's like uh, that seems that seems like an unreasonable exchange. Hey, those are really great brownies, Jan. You want to want to give me want to give me the recipe for that? Well, I don't know, Lori. Want to tell us your life story? <laughs> no. Well, then you're not getting any brownies recipes. <laughs> what? Hey, Lori, what are you doing there? Oh, nothing. Just filing through uh, your family history here and looking up. Uh, Recipes. Great great grandmother, see if I can't find a recipe for the brownies. 
I mean, most families, I don't know, my family might have, if I knew anything about them, uh, they might have put recipes on the back of family photos. <laughs> so, you know, I gotta go through this. I gotta check. Go see what recipes there are in here. Um, any case, eventually this uh, also escalated in, in other uh, realms. She displayed a lot of asocial behaviors, such as leaving social gatherings to take naps. <laughs> Although, I mean, you know, if you're tired, well, whatever. But I mean, I guess it was like a routine thing. Mm. Eventually, the she didn't want to have the husband's family to have any contact with her daughter. And after some failed marriage therapy meetings, uh, her husband left and moved back to his parents' house in Longview and filed for divorce, leaving Lori with their daughter in Leonard, which is the Texas, I suppose. Oh, I uh, guess. Place. I, I would have hoped so. <laughs> yeah, not in not in Leonard. They didn't. There wasn't some honey. I shrunk the kids nonsense going on here. Oh man! So then, um, wow, it uh, kind of jumps a little bit here. So, after the divorce, um, then she committed suicide. Hmm. But before that, she was behaving <laughs> erratically. Right, <laughs> cut right to the chase. Yeah. Just like go ahead and be like, and then she committed suicide. But two weeks earlier, when she was still alive, like, what, what, what are you talking? This is a factual article. Just, Just end keep with it the going. End. Just yeah. keep it. You know, there's a progression here. We don't need to Tarantino this. <laughs> we can do it in order and it'll be fine. But uh, then, uh, yeah, she was behaving erratically. And a neighbor saw that she and her daughter appeared to be very thin. And Lori would often ramble, ramble incoherently about her problems. And then she also began sending harassing emails to the roughs. And created a scene at a custody hearing and stole a set of house keys from them. And the harassment was so severe that the roughs were planning to file a cease and desist order just before Lori's death. So I'm willing to bet that Lori was on some kind of drugs. Or just was some kind of crazy. I mean, That too. Or was uh, on, one, one on of the some other. kind of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> one of those. That is true, yes. <laughs> she was either things. on or off some type of drugs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, on Christmas Eve then, 2010, which is a great time to do this kind of thing to somebody, uh, uh, Lori's body was discovered in her car in the Ruff family driveway. Oh, wow. Dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, as we said earlier. In the car were two suicide notes. Two! Wow. There was an 11-page one addressed to my wonderful husband, and another addressed to her daughter to be opened on her 18th birthday, which it will be in... Oh, yes. Let's figure that out. Another 12 years. You gotta wait, I think, right? 12 years. When was she born? When was she born? Gave birth to a girl in 2008. It's 2016 now. We got another 8 years... No, no. Another 10 years to wait, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, about that. So let's follow up on this in 2026 and see. <laughs> let's see what this happened. Let's see what happened there. Although, at, th- at this point, like, why wouldn't she have just told her husband? She's doing a suicide note anyway. Might as well just told her husband, like, what was going yeah. on. <laughs> that's kind of a kind of a crappy thing to so, do. So, yeah, that, yeah, that sucks. I mean, she, she really could have just been like, hey, so this is who I was before. The end. <laughs> At least give somebody some resolution. Right. Like, some, I mean, if you're going to give yourself that much closure all at once, then you got to give some other people, like, tidbits of closure. That's only a fair trade. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, after Lori's funeral, uh, some of the roughs drove to Leonard to see if they could find out more about her in her house. And they discovered the house was in complete disarray. And uh, there's piles of dirty dishes, laundry, trash just stacked up around the house, and shredded documents, and lots of incoherent scribbles, and then they discovered the lockbox in a closet, pried it open with a screwdriver, and discovered the documentation of Ruff's past. And they also found in the lockbox was a paper with several seemingly random scribblings. 
Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess the documents they would have found would have been just like the name change stuff. Maybe. Uh. Whoa. Okay, this is creepy. We'll get to that in a second. All right. All right. <laughs> I think you see where I'm going with this too. Yeah. But, um. He doesn't listen to our podcast anyway, so this is on him. Um, theories. The suicide notes were quickly determined to be incoherent ramblings. They offered no clues to Ruff's identity, so that's great. Um, the writing's on the paper. They? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, if the scribblings are incoherent and they're in the lockbox, you know, maybe the Are writings... they incoherent, like, just random sentences, or are they incoherent, like, I can't figure out what this is saying. Maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. It might be illegible, but Could be. Uh, the writings of the paper found in the lockbox included the scribblings: North Hollywood Police, 402 months, and Ben Perkins, <laughs> who turned out to be an attorney. Hmm. The nature of these scribblings has led some to believe that Ruff was trying to avoid prison time hmm. due to the references to police, a possible jail term length, and the name of an attorney. However, Perkins has no memory of the woman, and there were no matches for the woman in fingerprint and facial recognition databases. The fact that Ruff was able to cover up her identity so well in a time before the internet has led to speculation that she had visited an identity broker. <laughs> Which makes sense to me. All yeah, right. I mean, this random woman, I mean, she seems to be handling identity theft very well for somebody who's not like a criminal mastermind yeah for sure okay now for the weird part mm -hmm. the uh following people have been ruled out as possible identities for Lori erica ruff clara juicy michelle juicy helen green parley pate Denise Sheeney and Tina Walls, but the fact that there are two Juicies mm. in that list yep. is uh, mm. <laughs> yep. that's uh, friend of the show Matt Schaefer should. Uh, <laughs> I look at the face of this person, and it does not seem like it would be beyond the realm of relation. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's I the thing. Like, I can see it. I wouldn't be freaked out if I wasn't just like, oh, <laughs> maybe I actually see that a little bit. Ruff was a white female, approximately 41 to 50. When she committed suicide, she was above average height at 5 feet 10 inches and weighed 160 pounds. She had brown hair and hazel eyes. Uh, so yeah, that fits the bill of a juicy. Yeah. <laughs> um... Which is, uh, yeah, yeah. There's also so, a bunch of see alsos down here. So. Plenty of places to go. Um, really kind of interested to read more of these kinds of stories. Yeah. Not go to places in California, <laughs> yeah. Texas, or Washington. Yeah, we got a couple of uh, good links here, though, other than places. Um, we got linked to uh, miscarriages, breast implants. <laughs> And uh, identity thieves, and also the concept of identity thief. Also strippers. Also, the see also section has three names. Well, the last one is death of Janice Mary Young. Hmm. But they are probably similar stories to this one. Hmm. So I am. Okay, well, kind of interested to. I want. I want to go down this rabbit hole. I definitely yeah. do. So, if there was a way to investigate this specific case further on Wikipedia, <laughs> then I would, I would do say that. that. But I don't think there is. Probably not. No. Um. Uh, which one? But yeah, which to choose? Because, you know, I mean, they all have potential. But death of Janice Marie Young kind of has a bit of a, you know, intrigue to it because it's not just a name. Hmm. Not sure. Because, like, I feel like the death of somebody might be uh, less uh, 
interesting. Like, that might have just been incidental, whereas the other people could have been deliberately, like, trying to lead, like, Don, Don Draper-type things. Um. You know? Like, charades of lives. But, I mean, it's hard to choose. They're, they're all good options. And they're all going to tell, I'm sure, <laughs> equally <laughs> convoluted and weird stories. Yeah. You just gotta choose one. If you want, if you want to use the death of Janice Marie, I don't know. Sure. We can do that. We can do it. I think the problem for me is that I just really don't like the other names. <laughs> yeah. Like Stevic. Nah. Yeah. Suzanne Sevakis and Lyle Stevic. I don't know. There's something about Janice Marie Young. Something about three names. Something about three names. You know? Crazy ones always have three names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 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 Right, let's... Okay, I'm going to bounce over, see which article is the longest. Looks like that Suzanne Stevix or Stevicus. Oh, it also has, like, a surprise uh, when you go to it. <laughs> just something... Something happens. That, yeah, I'm not expecting what the other articles are going to be able to match. So this I kind of want to, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so. All right, let's go to Suzanne Sevakis then. Yep. And that takes us to Franklin Delano Floyd. What? <laughs> How will these two connect? We shall see. So Franklin Delano Floyd Has is a creepy family photo. Very creepy. There's already like red flags going up just from the family <laughs> photo. Uh, is an American death row inmate. He was convicted of the 1989 murder of Cheryl Ann Comesso. So is he still alive? Then? He's a death row inmate. He's not oh. dead yet. He's so, on the way to be dead. All right. <laughs> he will be soon. Um, but anyway, he's convicted in 1989 of murdering an exotic dancer from Florida, as well as the kidnapping of his six-year-old stepson from his elementary school in Choctaw, Oklahoma. Floyd is also considered a person of interest in the hit-and-run death of his wife, Sharon Marshall. It was later discovered that prior to becoming his wife... Sharon was raised by Floyd from an early age as his daughter um, and was herself kidnapped by Floyd as a child. Hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Sharon's true identity remained a mystery until 2014 when she positively identified as Suzanne Marie Savekis the daughter of a woman to whom Floyd was briefly married. Hmm. He disappeared with Suzanne, her two sisters, and infant brother while her mother was serving a 30-day jail sentence in 1975. Suzanne's brother has never been located. Uh, huh. So, okay. He <laughs> married his daughter? <laughs> Is that yeah. what I'm reading? So, okay, so he married some woman, and he kidnapped, killed the woman, maybe? And then kidnapped her children? Maybe it was like a um, Brady Bunch kind of thing, but like he didn't have any but with children. But with murder. It was murder in <laughs> child murder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. He abducted her, and then all... Uh, it says he abducted all of them, but then they never found the brother. Um, but did they find the sisters? I, I don't, we gotta but we gotta read more. We gotta so. read more, man. Like there's yeah. there's no way to figure it out from that. Well, first th this guy also has other names. How many of it? Oh my god! A lot. Warren Judson Marshall, Clarence Marcus Hughes. Stick to the three names thing. He's really <laughs> proven our theory. Trenton Davis, Preston Morgan, and Kingfish Floyd. I like that one. Maybe I that was his, like, jazz drummer name. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Like, Kingfish Floyd. That's... <laughs> ah. It's too good of a name for somebody who did, yeah. did this many rotten things, really. 
<laughs> that's uh, not great. Yeah. Alright, let's see if we can shed light on what exactly happened. Yeah, here. so eventually he uh, abducted Michael Hughes. We know that. Yeah. Uh, authorities began investigating Floyd in April 1990 when his wife Sharon Marshall was found dead in a suspicious hit-and-run incident. Marshall went by a number of aliases, including Tanya Tadlock, that's which a fake name if I ever heard. Wow, <laughs> that's a comic book name. That, 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 that sticks out like a sore thumb. Which is how her co-workers at the time referred to her. At the time of her death, Marshall and Floyd were suspects in the 1989 disappearance of 18-year-old Cheryl Ann Camesso, a former co-worker of Marshall's. Camesso had disappeared following an angry confrontation with Floyd. Floyd was considered the lead suspect in his wife's death as well. Okay, okay, okay. So let's review okay. that he and she were both probably like visiting the same strip club, and she was probably working at the strip club, and that's how they met. So again, <laughs> we're talking about strippers. Mm. Uh, but keep in mind, this Sharon Marshall is Suzanne Savakis. Yes. Who is his not biological daughter. No, no, no. This is... Wait. 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 Yes. Wait. <laughs> no, no, Sharon Marshall is not Suzanne Savakis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, Wait, she is? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Was, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Uh, God, this is confusing. She died in a hit and run. Her name was really Suzanne Marie Savakis. Right, but right, right. She went by Tanya Tadlock. Which is a stripper name, if yeah. I've ever heard one. <laughs> Not a fake name, a stripper name. Yeah. Specifically that. Um, and they were both suspects. Both Sherrod Marshall, i.e. Suzanne Marie Savekis, and Floyd. So this is really more of like a Charles Manson type situation, but with a much smaller family. Uh, yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways. Um... So, following his wife's death, which I guess they're talking about, uh, his other wife? Suzanne. His first wife. No, at this point it would have to be Suzanne, right? Uh, I guess so. Right. Okay, because they're talking about the 90s. Yeah. I guess they're just skipping past all the other stuff about him, even though this is his article. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, following his wife's death, Floyd put their two year old son, Michael Hughes, into foster care and left the state. Hughes' foster parents told authorities the boy had limited muscle control, was nonverbal, and often experienced hysterical behavior when he first arrived at their home, but he had made remarkable progress. And in 1994, they began adoption proceedings. You know, it doesn't surprise me if he grew up <laughs> with this guy as his yeah. father. Yeah, that he might end up being a little, little messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Six months after Hughes was placed in foster care, Floyd was arrested on a parole violation. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> As part after all that... I know. Like, oh. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. That's the thing. That's the thing that... Okay, I mean, if that, the system works. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah. like, he got out of jail when he did this crap. Like, uh, all right. He's in jail, so, yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but he married his daughter, who he allowed to become a stripper. Just say it. Yeah. <laughs> like, multiple levels of yeah. um are going on here. <laughs> um, as part of the adoption process, Hughes' DNA was compared to Floyd's to establish paternity, and it was discovered at the time that Floyd was not Hughes' biological father. Okay. All right. So, obviously, it was just psychological trauma <laughs> that he was inflicting upon him. Uh, when Floyd was released from jail... He attempted to regain custody <laughs> of Hughes. Good okay. luck with that. <laughs> On the basis of his criminal record, huh, how about it, and the discovery that he had no biological relation, <laughs> his request <laughs> was denied. Wait, wait. How could the daughter be his wife who had this kid and he have no biological relation if, because I mean, one way or the other, he has a biological relation. If this girl that he married is, in fact, his daughter in some way, shape, or form, which we haven't gotten to yet, <laughs> we don't know that, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But if he is, in fact, 
father of Sharon Marshall, i.e. Suzanne Marie Savickus. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he be this kid's grandfather even at, like, the most distant? Yeah. So he would have some biological... You would think he would have some <laughs> biological, like... Unless he wasn't the biological father of his wife, who was the daughter of... His other wife. His other wife. But we don't know that yet. I'm speculating, <laughs> but that might be it. Anyway, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was all before he, uh, uh... That was all the first thing. That was all the, the, the killing of the wife and the, uh, murder of the stripper. Now we're getting into the kidnapping of wee baby Michael Hughes. Alright, so... On September 12th, 1994, Hughes was in the first grade and Floyd walked into the school and forced the principal at gunpoint to bring him to Hughes' classroom. That's a way to kidnap somebody, I guess. (laughs) Then Floyd forced Hughes and Principal James Davis into his pickup truck. And uh, then Floyd forced the principal out of the truck in a wooded area, handcuffed him around a tree, and sped off with Michael. The principal survived the abduction and then was rescued. And then two months later, Floyd was arrested in Kentucky, and Hughes was not with him and has not been since. So, uh, <laughs> so he kidnaps his son, and he's yeah. just like, eh, maybe that wasn't a great idea. Oh, well, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I don't really understand how that happened, but, I mean, it's okay that it did. Yeah. It's a better outcome than the alternatives. Yeah, yeah. So, um, government authorities have received conflicting reports as to what happened to Hughes. Some witness statements detail alleged confessions by Floyd regarding Michael's death. And according to these reports, Floyd reportedly told his sister that he drowned the child in a Georgia motel's bathtub shortly after the kidnapping. And other witnesses stated that Floyd told them he murdered Michael in the same manner, while another person claimed he saw Floyd bury Michael's body in a cemetery. And still other sources report that Floyd has stated that Hughes is still alive and safe, although Floyd has refused to disclose Hughes' exact location or who is presently caring for him. And in his most recent contact with the FBI, he admitted to killing Michael, although he did not disclose any further details. So, just... Okay. (laughs) He goes through all this trouble to kidnap his... Not son. His son-grandson. Maybe. That's not really (laughs) any relation. Yes. And then he's like, "Eh, I'm just going to kill him. Is he? Because at one point he claims that this kid's still out there alive and safe somewhere, but maybe he just doesn't want his life to be caught up in all of it, so he just says, yeah, I killed him. Maybe. So they stop looking. That's true. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Maybe maybe he was like, uh, maybe he kidnapped him so that he could, like, get him somewhere out of the public eye and and out of his life and everybody else's life in some weird way and, his and then, trump card was confession confessing to killing his own yeah not related kid <laughs> <laughs> could be no don't know don't know uh so now we need to get into the background of who sharon marshall and or suzanne savekis which is a, just really irritating name to say yeah. <laughs> um Sorry to anybody named Savekis. Uh <laughs> The investigation into the death of Floyd's wife, Sharon Marshall, and the kidnapping of his stepson, Michael Hughes, uncovered more unsolved mysteries. <laughs> it was discovered that Floyd had actually raised Marshall as his daughter since her early childhood. Okay. okay. We raised her, raised her as his daughter. Mm-hmm. Got it. DNA testing to determine her paternity, however, uncovered that she was not Floyd's biological child. Floyd has given a number of inconsistent statements regarding how she came to be in his custody. 
one such story is that he had rescued Marshall when she was abandoned by her biological parents. The earliest known record of Marshall was her elementary school registration in 1975 in an Oklahoma City school. She was registered under the alias Suzanne Davis. Uh. Authorities suspected that Marshall was born in the late 1960s and kidnapped by Floyd sometime between 1973 and 1975. Hmm. So where does his other wife come into play in all this? That's what I want. That I don't... But it was revealed in October 2014 that Sharon Marshall slash Suzanne Savakis slash... Teddy Tazewell or something, uh, had been positively identified as Suzanne Marie Savekis, a North Carolina child who had long gone missing missing with her stepfather, Franklin Delano Floyd, in 1975. Aha, so he's the stepdad. DNA matched the mother of Suzanne Savekis to Sharon Marshall. Floyd had been left to care for the woman's three daughters and baby boy while she went to jail for a small crime for 30 days. When she was released, she found Floyd and the children were gone. (laughs) She later located two of the three daughters, but Suzanne and the baby boy were never found. The boy's fate remains unknown, although if his track record is to speak for anything, he probably killed him and put him somewhere. (laughs) Yep. Um... Maybe he just likes killing the boys and marrying the daughters. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, this is a this is very very strange. Yeah. Yep. Very hard to wrap your mind around this stuff. Yeah. Um. Savekis's mother attempted to file kidnapping charges, but was told by local authorities that as their stepfather, Floyd had a right to take the children. Hmm. Uh, Sharon Marshall graduated from high school in Forest Park, Georgia in 1986. She was a good student who earned a full scholarship to Georgia Institute of Technology to study aerospace engineering. Despite this, she did not go to college and instead moved to Tampa, Florida with Floyd, where she gave birth to their son in 1988. Hmm. Marshall began working as an exotic dancer and married Floyd in 1989. In New Orleans. You were right. And the couple then used the aliases Clarence Marcus Hughes and Tanya Don Tadlock. There you go. There it is. You were right on the money. Yep. No actual relation to her. (laughs) Raised her as a daughter. Wasn't the actual dad. Was a stripper. Was a stripper. (laughs) Not a stupid person, though. That's the the tragedy of it. Full, Full ride. Full ride for aerospace engineering. Yeah. That takes a that takes a pretty good mathematical mind there. Well, on to this. Back to the stripper now, Cheryl because and Camesso. Who who cares about chronology? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why does it matter? It doesn't make the story any more confusing, what especially when it's a bunch of names you're not familiar with. <laughs> All right, so Camesso's 1989 disappearance remained unsolved until her skeleton remains were found by a landscaper in an area of. Off Interstate 275 in Pinellas County, Florida, in 1995. She was listed as a Jane Doe until a year later when the remains were identified. An anthropologist determined that she was she had died from a beating and two gunshots to the head. Floyd and Marshall had been persons of interest in the case after co-workers witnessed an altercation between Floyd and Camezzo. And then uh, Floyd accused Camezzo of reporting Sharon Marshall for misstating her income, which subsequently resulted in Marshall's losing her government benefits. Then the argument occurred outside the club where Marshall and Camezzo worked as exotic dancers. A co-worker reported that Floyd punched Camezzo in the face. Floyd and Marshall fled to Oklahoma shortly after Camezzo disappeared, and their trailer was burned to the ground in what was ruled intentional arson. And then in March 1995, a mechanic in Kansas found a large envelope stuffed between the truck bed and the top of the gas tank of a truck he had recently purchased at auction. He found 97 photos in the envelope including many photos of a woman who was bound and severely beaten. And the police traced the truck to Floyd. Floyd had stolen the truck in Oklahoma in September 1994, 
but had abandoned it in Texas the following month. Investigators compared the photos of the injured woman with Camezzo, as well as evidence found with her remains, and found that the clothing in the photos was similar. And the medical examiner was also compared injuries seen in the photograph to the cheekbone of Camezzo's skull and found that they were consistent. Hmm. Many of the pictures contained images of furniture and other belongings identified as belonging to Floyd. He was tried and convicted for Camezzo's murder on the basis of the photographic evidence found in the truck. So he finally got put away for her murder. Yep. It took an actual altercation with a real adult for the fact that he had probably, you know... Well, I guess at that point in time, uh, in 1989, he wouldn't have been... He wouldn't have abducted Michael Hughes yet. So he didn't do that one quite then. Yeah, I guess That was 94, 92, 89. It was was closely clustered together, but it was first, it was the stripper killing. Then the hit and run death of of the wife. Then the killing of the kid. (laughs) And eventually he went to jail. Yeah, the kidnapping... uh, The kidnapping was 1994. Yeah. Wow. So Okay, so that was... Six... Right there. Yeah. Like, right before the 1995. So wait, when was the death of Floyd's wife? Um, Of Sharon or... Suzanne or whatever you want to call her. She um, must have... That was, was this hit and run. Let's see, where does it say? Does it actually say when she was killed? Um, nope. Nah. <laughs> well, she was killed at some point. Probably after Camezzo. But before the sun? Maybe, uh, yeah, yeah, after Camezzo, before the sun. It said April 1990, his wife... Sharon Marshall was found dead. Oh, uh, okay. So, Camezzo, 89. And then he killed Savekis, the wife. 90. And then... Kid, 94. Yeah, and then he kidnapped the kid in 94. And then they found Camezzo and all that stuff. Right. And then they were like, hey, you're Definitely in jail for murder. In jail. <laughs> no. And that was like, yeah, that's pretty good timing right after the kidnapping then. Mm-hmm. That's uh, not the end. That's no, it's not. There's more. <laughs> and I can't say that with my uh, zeal of uh, Billy Mays because I'm <laughs> getting really exhausted with this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, where we leave off? Okay. So further investigation. The investigation into the kidnapping of Michael Anthony Hughes, as well as the earlier kidnapping of his mother, are ongoing. When? Who's to say? Uh, other photos found in the truck show sexual abuse of Marshall starting very early in her childhood. Mm. Authorities found photos of her in sexually explicit poses at various ages starting around four. Ugh. So this guy has problems. Yeah. So it's really not Ugh. a surprise that he ended up uh, just going up the deep end. And. Yeah. Murdering a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> Not just yeah. her. Yeah. Her murder seemed to be relatively docile compared to the yeah. others. Uh, Floyd has a lengthy criminal record. Uh, he was first arrested in 1960 at age 17 after a gunfight with police following <laughs> a bank robbery. Wow. Two years later, he was convicted of the abduction and rape of a young girl from a bowling alley. Okay. In 1973, after <laughs> serving a federal prison sentence for a 1963 bank robbery conviction, Floyd fled the area while on parole and was a fugitive at the time of the Camezzo murder. Wow, wait, so the Camezzo murder was 1989. So he was... So he was a fugitive yeah. for 26 years. Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, 1973. Still. I was looking at still, 1963. Still. But yeah. <laughs> I think your point still stands. <laughs> like, I think all of these uh, convictions throw up quite a few red flags. Mm-hmm. But this is a person that should not be 
interacting with society. <laughs> no, no. And how that wasn't really, you know, figured out sooner. I mean, as soon as you see a, an article where a person has this many aliases, yeah, like you're just like, oh, they've been a criminal since they were like a kid. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know that's pretty much what that has to be. Um, but that uh, this is unprecedented. I mean, I, yeah. uh, well, it was discovered also yep. that he uh, was su suffering from a number of mental disorders, which kind of figures yep. including schizophrenia big surprise yeah in 2001 while awaiting for trial uh for Camesso's murder judge nancy lay ruled that floyd was incompetent to stand trial and ordered him to undergo further mental evaluation mm -hmm. floyd himself fought against this assessment asserting that he was competent Several months later, the judge reversed her previous ruling and ordered him to stand trial. He was convicted and sentenced to death. Okay. So he petitioned so that he would ultimately face the death penalty. I guess so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to do, dude. Honestly, like... I think maybe at that point he had had enough of the justice system that, being that like be. he's just like you know what he's like you know I've lived a life I am I'm about done <laughs> here yeah please I don't please know stop letting me please stop letting me go please please kill me yeah <laughs> like why why haven't you gotten the message yeah. I do I kill all these people and you and you find out about I'm, it and I'm now doing you're you're horrible recourse. horrible things in this world <laughs> yeah why have you not stopped what? me yet that's I don't understand like. Uh, why it, it, it took them so long? I, I guess the, the the thing is that the first couple crimes he committed were as a a minor, and then yeah. B, you know, pretty early on in his life, and they weren't as I don't know deviant as <laughs> um as, as his later ones were. The first ones were pretty much just he was just into bank rob robberies at first, it seems. But he did have a, a an abduction and a rape. Oh, yeah, 1962, so, that's right, yep. I mean, but yeah, mo between the bank robberies, he was showing signs of what was to come. Yeah, eroding down into that sort of uh, especially deviant place, which was uh, ultimately his downfall. Yeah. But still, like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. That's a real convoluted... Uh. <laughs> yeah. So he was... He was married to somebody for like. He was married to another career criminal because the other late, late the only reason he got the girl in the first place, the only reason he was able to abduct Savakis, was because he was married to a criminal lady who went to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and since yeah. she went to jail for exactly. a little bit, he was able to take her and flee. Yep. <sighs> so weird. I bet the police for that one were just like, <sighs> got the yeah. wrong guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like that was, but at the same time, I think I understand why he took all the kids and fled because at that point he would have still been in his parole period, right? Like mm, he was taking, and he could have been like, "All right, see. there's too much police stuff going on right now around here." Yeah, she had the earliest known record of Savekas uh, being registered in the school was 1975. So basically, what happened was that. Well, let's see when that, uh, yeah, and then 1973, okay, 1963, bank robbery conviction. Okay. 1973, he gets out on parole okay. from a federal prison. While on parole, 1975, in between 1973 and 1975, he then meets and marries Sharon Marshall, the first okay. one. Um, Wait, is it Sharon Marshall? Is Sharon Marshall the mom? Yeah, that's why it was so confusing, is I think they have the same name. Oh, no. Um, DNA matched the mother of Suzanne Savekis to Sharon Marshall. But I think that's saying... Oh, so that, 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 the, that the, the, the mother of Suzanne the right. was... Uh, okay. Or, like, the DNA from So they the don't mother. actually give Suzanne's mom's name in uh, here. I Other guess. than Savekis. We know it's Savekis or something. Yeah, I guess... 
any case, okay. So 1973, 1975, sometimes he, he gets married to uh, the Savekas lady. The Savekas lady yeah. goes to prison for 30 or so days. He says, well, I'm on parole, and I've fled the area <laughs> of my parole, and the police are sniffing around the person I've married and shacked up with, so I'm going to skip town. Yep. But am I going to skip town on my own and just leave the kids behind? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, like, thinking through that that way, I guess abducting the kids makes sense. <laughs> but yeah. in, like, a weird, like, like okay, if you, were, if you were not a criminal and you were in that situation, if you were not, like, hmm. somebody who was on parole from jail, right? Right. And you were married to somebody who was going to prison. Mm-hmm. But you, like, you just wanted to kind of get away from the situation. And you, because, you know, you didn't want to suffer the, I don't know, the public embarrassment of having somebody who you were married to go through a conviction or something like that. Mm -hmm. But there was no other parent there anymore. You couldn't just leave the kids. You'd have to take them with you wherever you went. Right. So it was just unfortunate that this man also was a career criminal (laughs) who was going to become a a serial, like, murderer, rapist, molester guy. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so like, that's yeah. It's, it's not an. I guess he wasn't being schizophrenic that day. And yeah, then that's he something that a lot of people probably would have maybe considered doing. Yeah, because I mean, like, the other hey, option is leaving the kids behind. I would, you know, we should probably get away from this criminal. Yeah, but he was also, he was a, criminal. also a criminal. <laughs> so no, not yeah. not a great thing. Okay. Yeah. But that was the order that things happened in. It was, it was bank robbery, bank robbery conviction, federal penitentiary, federal penitentiary parole, meets the wife of his, uh, or meets meets his meets, wife. Meets his wife, yeah. Then abducts the kids, marries one of the daughters, kills one of the kids, gets rid of the other well, two. I guess, yeah, I guess kills all of them, but the no, 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 there's there's the two the two come back. They do. Yeah. Uh, uh, um. Where does it say? It says that she later located uh, the the mother of the of all of the three daughters and the and the kid and the son. Um, the mother later located two of the daughters, but Suzanne and the baby boy were never found. So he okay. took all of them, but okay. he let he must have let two of them go or something. Okay, so he killed the boy then, in typical fashion of him. Yes, killed the boy. And then kept let one two of the girls. girls go. Right. And then kept one of the girls as his wife. Yes. And then had a child with her, but was somebody else's. Somebody it was else's fathered father? by somebody else. Right. He so, thought he was well, having a child with her, though. Maybe. So was she cheating on him, or was he like, hey, get knocked up and let's have a child? I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want my biology anywhere. Like, Given how he kidnapped and murdered the kid. Gonna guess that wasn't the case. Gonna guess he <laughs> was legitimately angry that kid existed. <laughs> that could be. That could. Okay. That's yeah. Starting to. <laughs> that seems like motive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's starting to make a lot more sense now. Yeah. He was angry at that kid's existence because mm-hmm. it was evidence of infidelity. Okay. Right. So okay. So then he. Uh. So yeah. Then so. She's married. Now he's married to the daughter. Now he's married to the daughter. Under their alias names, the Tadlocks, the whatever. Right. And so then they have a kid, and she's working at a strip joint right. with Camezzo. Some and sort then, of altercation happens with Camezzo. Right. Gets then, killed. Yeah. And then they leave, go to a different state, and he hits and runs... His wife? After they have the kid, yeah. The kid has to exist at some point. I thought he already existed with while Camezzo was there. Yeah. Wait. Hey, when did Michael Hughes Um, Okay, so in 1994, Hughes was in first grade. And they put their two-year-old son following his wife's death in foster care. So... He killed Sharon Marshall in 1990, 1998. Okay, so 98 was, was when he was born. Yeah, sometime in 1988. Yeah. Okay, so he was yeah he was so. one year old when Camezzo was killed. Right. 
Right, right, right. All right, so then they fled to Oklahoma or whatever. And then he killed his wife. Mm -hmm. The child went into foster care. Right? Because he... What happened to him? Didn't he... Or maybe... The, the kid went into foster care. The kid went, came out of foster care, was a, almost adopted, then was kidnapped. Right, then he then was, was fighting for custody. Yeah. But they were like, hey, you're not the actual biological father. At so all. You in any way, no shape, right or form. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, so then he kidnaps the kid after a couple years, and then allegedly kills him, and then they discover that he killed Camezo, or they discover Camezo and that he killed him, killed her, and then he goes to jail. Yes. So, that okay. is the chronology. That is... Right. Okay. Wow, the Wikipedia article yeah, really be- did a poor job <laughs> of putting that... of spelling that all out for us. We... Yeah. <laughs> Like if you if you were to read something like this, you would be as confused as the criminal investigators being like, "But wait, this happened and this <laughs> happened." Like, I'm just trying to read about this historically, yeah. man. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, just just list the events as they happen. That's all points. you need to do. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need the events. That the, I don't need like the true detective <laughs> me- means of like. I don't need Matthew McConaughey going out to a void and like staring into the abyss because he has some sort of hallucinogenic vision of like what actually is happening and. <laughs> How the darkness is, you know, bright and times a flat <laughs> circle and all that. I, I need, I need to know like what they found out. Yeah. <laughs> In preferably the least convoluted yeah. way possible. A nice little timeline. Yeah. That's, that's what we want. Yeah. Here. Follow, follow time itself. Yeah. That will tell the best story of what you are trying to recount. <laughs> Though I guess this kind of like the way that they found out about things in sort of does justify why it was such a long and grueling process to get mm. a guy like this like out of there. Yeah. Out of society. Maybe the article writer is just trying to frustrate us so that we're as upset with this guy as we should as be. We should be. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. I mean it, I am pretty upset at him. Yeah. I mean I think I'm upset because of the things he did. Yeah. Regardless of the well, order's yeah. hold. Oh yeah. The, I mean like that I mean but you're right. Like the way it was told does like, it, it does add a certain something, a little little spice to yeah. the agitation <laughs> to really drive the point yeah. home. Maybe they're like, "All right, this is the proper order to divulge these bits of information so that you right. properly get worked up the way you should." I think it's very effective from that yeah. standpoint. Like from that standpoint, artistically, bravo, article yeah. writer. <laughs> like you have done a you have done a marvelous job. How is this not like a movie of some I sort? I don't know. Are there other, are there other stories like this that are just as bad? <laughs> is that has to be? I mean, there. Well, I mean, there are like list of kidnappings and list of death row inmates. So I'm and sure there's other murder of Holly Bobo. Yep. <laughs> which is just an unfortunate name, really. Yeah. It's probably not as jubilant as it sounds. The story. Probably not. Holly Bobo. But. As it is, we have hit our time. Wow, two articles. Two articles. True crime does that. It does. It does indeed. So, you know, I had a feeling tonight when I knocked on the door, I did the long order, like the dun dun knock. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that, but like, I, 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 I did it was not premonition. pick up the reference, but yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So there you have it from Lori Erica Ruff to Franklin Delano Floyd. So go to facebook.com slash TWC podcast and give us a like and follow. Go to iTunes, rate, review us, and check out new episodes on twc.ericterribio.com. And I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Al Jolson for our outro song. Uh, Thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles of True Crime.
light and I'll caress her. Close to my heart I press her upon that golden yesterday. I found my love. 